Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Hello, I'm Mike Pasha, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Monday to you all. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am Dan Vespris. That hasn't changed. Hope you guys enjoyed the Aaron Bruski episode on Friday. Again, we'll be talking to him much more often on this pod going forward. We have officially yanked him back out of the realm of persistent child care. <laughs> it actually can't be done. You cannot be yanked out of that. Uh, but we'll be talking to him more often on the pod. No question about it. Lots of things happening at HoopBall, and I want to make sure we get his fantasy takes when fantasy becomes a little bit more relevant again, which hopefully remains, you know, the November-ish, October-November range, although I guess there was uh, a Woj tweet over the weekend suggesting that if arenas are close to having people back in, then the NBA could consider postponing further and then slowly working their way back towards an original start time. We've talked about this before, actually, and before we get into any of that logistical stuff, I do want to quickly kind of introduce everything going on on today's podcast. It's Monday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. You guys know that already. Uh, I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Thank you to everybody that continues to listen, even during these uh, weird COVID times with the league back, but full season fantasy, not really a thing right now sort of a little bit, you know, these screwy eight-game sprint roto leagues. You're, we, we could do so well, and, you know, one or two guys missing a game or two, it just blows up the whole thing. But we're having fun with it. It's why we didn't put much money on these things. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how all that stuff shakes itself out. Coming up on today's podcast, we will break down the upcoming games here for this Monday card, which, again, this is, this is the theme now because there's always a game pretty early in the day. There's an 11.30 Pacific start time. That's the Thunder and Suns, which actually could be a pretty good ball game or could have been a pretty good ball game if not for the fact that the Thunder are resting most of their guys. Dallas and Utah is just a half an hour after that, so a couple of games on the relatively early side. That's a noon Pacific start time, and then you start to push towards the late afternoon and into the evening. Just a five-game card today, slower than usual, but I do like the fact that there's five, six, or seven games every single day right now. There's no, there's no big days where you got eleven insane games to try to follow. 
if this was the way the regular season was, and it might be, depending on how arenas are next year and travel and whatnot, you'd, you never really would run into that issue of having too many guys for your roster uh, to sit start decisions, stuff like that. But whatever, we you know, silver lining hunting here during this very strange season, year, whatever you want to call it. So we'll break down the Monday card. That'll be generally the first thing we do on the podcast. Then we'll kind of pivot back around to news and notes from yesterday and over the weekend. We'll try to go through most of the weekend games, which is quite doable here because there just aren't that many games on any given day. The Magic will also only having 22 teams in the bubble. Uh, and then we'll, you know... I think somewhere in there we'll drop in a discussion of what would happen if the NBA did have to push things back a little bit. The short version is it would suck, but we would try to figure it out best we can. And that'll basically be our Monday show. Uh, talking to Adam King on the podcast later this week, so we will continue to try to get guests wherever I can. It's Scheduling-wise, it's incredibly difficult for me right now. It's all on the shoulders of yours truly, but when I can do it, I'm going to really try my best because I think you guys want to hear from other people, other voices, as opposed to just me uh, yelling at you for 25 minutes a day uh, in these weird times. By the way, we're only, you know, uh, we're less than a week now away from moving into playoff season. So we'll also, at some point later this week, start to talk about playoff leagues, once we have a better idea of exactly what's going on in the Western Conference, I think we have a pretty good idea of what's going on out East. You know, there's question marks still as to you know, exactly what's going to go on at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. I believe the Nets now have a lead over the Magic who've fallen apart. Their, their whole team has gotten hurt here, and that was an unexpected twist. The Nets, meanwhile, uh, are beating good teams when I thought, we all thought, they were just going to fall apart and sort of hang on to that eight seed. They've actually played some of their best basketball in forever with nobody with nobody around, such as the magic of teams not really taking them seriously right now, but that's a different thing altogether. I think, I think they're either a win or a magic loss away from locking up the seven seed. But regardless, we know who's in in the Eastern Conference. Also, sort of a funny little scheduling footnote, because the Wizards are still playing and the Hornets aren't, the Wizards are losing all of their games and they've now fallen they've fallen behind the Hornets and the Bulls in, in distance back in the Eastern Conference simply because those two teams have not had the ability to play and continue to lose basketball games. That's pretty damn funny. But again, you know, record is based on what was going on on March 11th, so that's not going to impact their lottery odds at all and this is probably one of the reasons that they put that fail safe in place anyway we know who's in in the eastern conference we have questions as to who's playing who uh especially in the middle chunks of those teams the bucks are likely going to play the magic raptors are likely going to play the nets and then celtics are going to play somebody out of the three seed but the heat the pacers the sixers it could be any of those three he'd probably rather have the sixers at this point since they don't have uh, ben Simmons right now, but, you know, whatever. I don't know that anybody's really gaming it, and there's not much at this point the Celtics could actually do to make an impact on that. So we know who's in in the Eastern Conference, and you have a pretty good idea outside of those middle teams of how far the teams are going to go. 
By the way, for those uninitiated, playoff leagues are kind of fun. I wouldn't put much more than five bucks on a playoff league because, uh, well, there's, again, a lot of luck involved. It's a quick sprint. But what it is, most playoff leagues at least, are points format because it's just easier that way because as guys get eliminated, you don't want to just have a gaping hole in one statistical category. So they're almost always points formats. And you draft a team size TBD, you draft the team, and you just start them all. Start your whole team. You can go 10 rounds if you want. I mean, probably a bit too many, but whatever. Uh, You start everybody on your team. I guess 10 is fine. Barely that many players left, but grab dudes at the bottom. And they just go until they're eliminated. Once that team is eliminated, that guy no longer accrues any stats. So there's a lot of waiting games played versus per game attack where in a playoff league remember we had thinking to this resumption we had Damian Lillard among the very top names on our board for this resumption campaign if you think about that and compare it to a playoff league where you're like oh well he's gonna probably play the Lakers at this point it looks like the Blazers or or the Spurs are probably gonna knock off the Grizzlies although again remember that play-in situation whoever's on top would only have to win one game but Blazers could pass Memphis by tomorrow night um the thought there is, well, what's the? Do we think the Blazers get past the Lakers? Probably not. Probably not. There's a chance, but probably not. How long does that series go? Five, six, all seven games. Let's say. And yeah, listen, I get it. There's a. There is a chance. It's not insane. It's like a 20 percent chance the Blazers could actually beat the Lakers in that series. But let's assume they don't, and let's assume it goes a full seven games. At some point in there, you're now debating. Do I take Damian Lillard, who's probably only going to play in this point seven games or less, or do I take someone like, I don't know, like, let's take an example from a team closer to the top, like the Nuggets, who are probably going to win their first round matchup. Maybe do I take someone like Jamal Murray? I don't know. That's not a great comparison. I'd rather have somebody who's inside the top 30. But let's, for this standpoint, let's say, do I take Jamal Murray, who might play, let's say the Nuggets have two long series. They go a full seven games with the Jazz, if that's if it happened right now, and they win. And then they'd have to play the Clippers, and let's say that one goes another five or six games. So you might get 12-ish, 12, 13, 14 games out of Jamal Murray, or do you want seven out of Damian Lillard? You really have to start to add that up. How much is that difference worth? Probably enough to go with the guy who's the lower-ranked player. So you're you're gauging games played in these playoff leagues, which was already a big factor in the resumption campaign, but that was all about motivation. In the playoff leagues, it's, does this team last? I did a playoff league the very first year here at HoopBall. I haven't had almost any time. And most years, when the when April comes around, I'm just like, look, I need a... I need a mental respite. I don't want to do fantasy for another two months. That takes me into June. But that first year, I won it. I've never defended my title, but I won it. I beat everybody that was, it was hoop ball was smaller than it was like an eight team league, but I won it uh, that very first season. I beat Brew on, I think like the last day of the playoffs, because I think I had, I think I had LeBron or I think I, I had a bunch of guys who actually made it to the, to the finals I think I had LeBron, who was obviously quite good at that point. Uh, 
And then I think I had a bunch of no-namers. But the, those no-namers had racked up like 15, 20, 20-something 20 games played over the course of the playoffs, and they were just trickling in stats. I think that was the season, and I, I might be getting this wrong timing-wise, but I think that was the Draymond Green kick to LeBron's groin year, where Brew, I think, had Draymond, and then he got suspended for a game, and all my weird little remaining wank players somehow managed to rack up enough stats to pass him. So that that's the playoff mentality there. Like I'm thinking back to those teams who the hell would I've had on my club like a some like the sixth man on the Cavaliers that year. Was he on the Cavs then? Yeah, he was back on Cleveland at that point, wasn't he? Yeah. He was back on Cleveland at that. I can't keep track of the seasons, man. Um and so I had all these these weirdos that I thought would play 20 games and, and that was that's what you're banking on. So we'll talk more about that as this week uh, rumbles along. We'll, I'm not going to do a playoff rank board, but we will talk a little bit about different teams and, and guys on them and who might actually get bumped up above other dudes. So it won't be super official because, frankly, there isn't enough time for that, and I don't know that there's the audience for that, but uh, we'll deal with that at some point as well. A lot of stuff here at the opening today. Apologies. I just felt like there was things we needed to sort of get out onto the table here, playoff leagues and, and kind of what's coming up. So, first thing, really, I guess it's the second thing since we just spent six, seven minutes talking about playoff leagues. Second thing on the docket is what we what do we do if the NBA starts late next year? And the answer is you just accommodate, you know? It'll suck, but November, December, this year we were just, it was going to be playoffs end, and then there was going to be like a week, and then we start ramping up already. Because the playoffs ending in a normal year... In June, season starts in October, but if you assume, if you account for the shorter layoff this season, it almost would have been like the playoffs would have ended in August, basically. Then you got, what, a week, week and a half, and then September, you're already in a ramp-up time. So let's say they do push it back from December to January. Not that big of a deal, really. Then you have about a month of downtime, the rest of October some of November, maybe most of November. And by the end of November, you're already starting to ramp back up again. December would have been, would be mock draft season. January, you're into draft season. If it gets postponed to February or March, then things start to get a little bit uh, goofy. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about in there. Although if free agency sticks in October, even if they move the season back, we'll probably end up spending a bunch of time on that. So you just figure it out. You figure it out. Diving into the lines for tonight's five-game slate. They are brought to you by our buddies over at mybookie.ag. We've heard from a lot of you folks that things look really good so far over at mybookie.ag. They have an excellent customer service line. They have a phone number you can call and get somebody. I actually called just to, to test it out, and I got a representative within 60 seconds, I think, 90 seconds of being on the phone, which is really, really nice when you're dealing with something as... At times, confusing, right? Things are a little bit weird. There's there's this this cloud that for the last 15 years has been kind of hanging over offshore books, but they've done such a wonderful job of clearing that hurdle, of clearing the skies by having customer service, a live chat window if you want to do it that way on your computer screen. There's a phone number. It's right there on the main page, 844-866-BETS. They've got a number right there. It's not hard to get a hold of somebody if you need help. Uh, sign up for an account with promo code HOOPBALL. And if you want, 
you can get a 100% deposit match and a baseball futures voucher. You don't even have to use it if you don't want. Obviously, those free plays, you have some rollover involved in them. You can also just sign up with the code HoopBall so that they know we sent you, and then go ahead and play your money however you'd like. Minimum deposit is 45. I had that number wrong last week, so you guys can kick me in the face for that one. Minimum deposit is $45. Visa, MasterCard are accepted. They have other ways you can make deposits. If you're into Bitcoin, they've got that stuff going on. Uh, And then they've got all these sweet lines. So check them out, mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Sign up now. Big, 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 big deal for us here at HoopBall. This partnership, uh, maybe arguably even a bigger deal than our Manscaped partnership, which I'll tell you about later on in the show. But uh, two fantastic big-name sponsors. We're, we're coming into our own here at HoopBall, so help us out. Go get an account over at MyBookie, and then follow our guys over at HoopBall Gaming and Today in Sports Betting, and add money to your coffers. Open the account and then double it, triple it, whatever it takes. Make it so. MyBookie, you bet, you win. They pay. Tonight. Well, today, actually. Oklahoma City, seven and a half point underdogs to the Phoenix Suns. I like the Thunder in this one. I know the Suns are playing really well, and they've been an outstanding wager so far in the bubble, but you got some serious no-namers that are going to be playing way the hell up over their head for Oklahoma City in this ballgame. I mean, way the hell up over their heads. This is classic uh, Nets against Bucks kind of thing. There's just... By the way, kudos to the Suns, who've won every single game of their resumption. I shouldn't count them out yet. They're only a game back of the Blazers. So if Portland happens to lose an upcoming contest, which seems like a possibility at some point. I know they've been they've been kicking butt and taking names, and they've gotten through most of the difficult part of their calendar, but they do have the Mavericks tomorrow. That'll be a tough one. Uh, the Nets game the Blazers should win. If Portland loses one of those two games, the Suns still have a, a method of attack here. They have three games left. Blazers only have two. Suns have the Thunder here with half their team out. The Sixers, which is going to be a tough one. And then the Mavs, just like Portland did. But, you know, if Dallas is locked into a certain spot, they probably won't play all the other guys on that last game. So it's not over yet. By the way, if you're curious who the Spurs have left on the docket, the answer is the Rockets tomorrow, yikes, and then the Jazz on Thursday. So tough road. Probably the Blazers with the easiest path with that Nets game. But, again, they're playing hard right now. And uh, you sort of roll from there. Anyway, uh, point of all of this is for Oklahoma City, you know, you're, you're looking at a ball game here where most people are going to immediately count them out. Gallo out, uh, back-to-back situation. Nerlens Noel questionable. Steven Adams questionable. Shea, I believe, is already listed as out. So they're resting, guys. We haven't heard, I don't think, on Chris Paul yet. Shea and Gallo, they've, they've come up with, some reasons for them to sit out of this ball game. Um, how real they are, we don't we don't really know. But yeah, I, I haven't seen on anything on Chris Paul yet. Fact of the matter is, if he's playing, they still have uh, a pretty decent shot in this game because Phoenix is playing well. But do we really think Chris Paul is going to let go of the rope? I doubt it. So I like the Thunder as a lean on the early game. Uh, that total of two twenty. That I don't. I don't really have strong feelings on. Utah will be without Donovan Mitchell. That news just breaking here a few moments ago. Uh, interesting to see that line still at Utah by six and a half. I'm wondering if perhaps that hasn't been officially updated yet. Uh, yeah, they're they're the better team, but Dallas is still decent. I guess uh, are we are we missing Luca? Is that did I not? 
catch that on my my morning trip around the NBA here? I don't know. I haven't seen it for today, so maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. And if this so, that's possible. Then throw out whatever I'm saying on this this game. But uh, Dallas feels like a a very reasonable number. That one, yeah, it looks like he is out. So that line jumped from Jazz by one to Jazz by six. That'll be coming back down here with the Donovan Mitchell news, I would think. And I think I'd probably leave that ball game alone. Total has also plummeted with the different players out on that one. So leave that one alone. Toronto is in Milwaukee. Bucks favored by six and a half. It's really difficult to know how hard the Bucks are going to play in these games. The top of the Eastern Conference is set. Uh, Raptors four and a half games back of Milwaukee and three and a half games up on Boston. So that's all locked into place. It's time for all of these teams to kind of go into whatever mode. And so I want nothing to do with that ball game. Indiana, Miami, Miami's favored by three and a half in this one. I don't think we have word on Jimmy Butler. I think he's hoping to be playing in this ball game. So that would be my guess based on the line with Miami being favored by three and a half. Uh, I think it's a pretty accurate line, actually. Total set at 221 and a half. I don't have any strong feelings on that one. Lakers five-point favorites over the Denver Nuggets. A couple days ago, if you had asked me about this game, I would have said, I don't think the Lakers are trying at all. But the Lakers have now lost three straight games in the bubble, and I'm starting to get the feeling that they want to figure out how to get Anthony Davis back on track. Teams have been sprinting at him and taking him out of his mix, which is actually kind of helpful that this is happening during the resumption instead of during the playoffs because he has not responded well to the double teams, and the Lakers got to figure out where to put their guys to where he can hit them in in an easier fashion because dude should be able to see over the group. He's kind of tall in case you guys hadn't heard. Lakers, by the way, they've they've locked up the one seed, so that's not a problem either. Um, so with that in mind, I do think they probably play harder. I don't like the side. The side of Lakers by five, I think, is going to get a lot of money on the Lakers. This probably ends up being a pretty tight ball game. Uh, I would even look at the Denver side catching five points. But the total, uh, I'm looking at the under. Denver plays good defense. Lakers play good defense. Lakers, I think, are going to be trying to figure out how to get Anthony Davis into the mix, and they'll probably just force feed him as opposed to running a normal offensive set. So you're going to see extra AD in the post type stuff where they're just running stuff to figure out how to get him and his teammates looks in those sets with teams blitzing him. So I like the Nuggets in the under, and those are probably my true strongest leans, at least certainly in the evening, along with the Thunder's uh, zombie squad here this morning. Again, those lines, those leans, all of that brought to you by our buddies at mybookie.ag. Let's take a quick trip around the NBA, starting back with the Sunday results and then working our way backwards. And it was uh, a relatively fun weekend, actually. Sunday we had a bonus game, which is probably why we have one less today. Oklahoma City blowing out the Washington Wizards, this, of course, being the second half of the back-to-back, if you're wondering why a bunch of Thunder guys are resting at this point. And, you know, it surprises me a little bit. That would have been a team that was uh, gunning for it a little bit. Thunder are uh, in that five seed. I guess they figure what happens happens at this point. They're not falling. They don't think they're falling back to the seven. I don't think they are, actually. And they're not getting as high as two or three. So whatever, right? They, they figure they're locked in that four through six, and you can get away with sitting some dudes at this point. In that ball game, we just got another look at a Wizards team that is now settling into this this kind of everybody gets some playing time thing, which was always the fear on a bad team, just giving everybody some run, and it's starting to get goofy. 
Shabazz Napier sat this one out. You would have thought that meant Ish Smith would get enough to do something, but no, didn't happen. Rui thought he would be doing more at this point. Jerome Robinson was actually the guy who woke up and, and did some stuff. Troy Brown was decent. Nisak Bongo was okay. Uh, Wizards are looking like a really difficult team to play guys on right now. For the Thunder, uh, if you're looking at replacement guys for today's ball games, you could probably look at a Darius Baisley, who most likely will get slotted into one of the open starting spots with no Gallo and uh, no Shea. Um, with all centers potentially out, they, they ran Mike Pascal out there for 28 minutes in that last ball game, and that went kind of ugly. I think Baisley is your guy if, if you want to trust somebody. Lugens Dort has actually been decent, and he started in that last one anyway with uh, Schroeder still away uh, for the birth of his child. But I would say keep an eye on the starting lineups. You might be able to flip somebody in there for a, a quick fix later on this morning. Toronto beat Memphis. Figured Toronto would be pissed after getting blown out in their previous game, and uh, they took care of business with defense in this one, held Memphis to 99 points. Dylan Brooks had a pretty good one. Grayson Allen hit four more three-pointers. He's played his way into a bigger role for that Grizzlies team. Brandon Clark was good. John Morant double-doubled with weird percentages. Um, JV had an odd scoreless game against his old team. I guess they knew what to do with him. Over on that other side, Serge Ibaka played well. Freddie Van Vliet's been very good during this resumption. And Anobi had uh, six cash counters. Kyle Lowry missed a bunch of shots, but otherwise or had nine turnovers, but otherwise was pretty good. Toronto... Uh, relatively predictable team at this point. San Antonio beat up on New Orleans. I think we all kind of saw that coming because New Orleans doesn't defend anybody. They defend no one. J.J. Redick had 31. Surprisingly good game from him off the bench. Favors double-doubled. Ingram had 17. Zion had 25 in uh, 20 shots, seven boards, and basically nothing else. Lonzo, 5-5-10 and 10 with two blocks. Drew Holiday, brutal. He has not been good during this resumption, and that's a pisser. For San Antonio, Rudy Gay was good again. He's been surprisingly effective here. Derek White left this ballgame after 21 minutes with a left knee contusion. That freed up some more stuff for the likes of Marco Bellinelli. DeJounte Murray got a chance to do a little bit more. Drew Eubanks moved in there and did some stuff in the front court. Spurs are all over the map, but you know it's looking like Rudy Gay might actually be usable during this thing. I, he's getting minutes in the high 20s. I didn't think that was going to stick, but at this point, if he's still floating around out there, why the hell not? Boston beat Orlando in a tight one. I thought this would be a tougher game for Boston after they sort of played their best against Toronto. But uh, Boston, super easy team to handicap. Hayward, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Tice, all good. Kemba Walker, struggling, just not healthy. Orlando on fill-in work here. No Evan Fournier, who was feeling under the weather. No Jonathan Isaac, no Michael Carter-Williams, no Aaron Gordon. They still managed to make it a ball game thanks to Markel Fultz, who had one of his best games in a while. James Ennis double-doubled in 24 minutes as a starter. And Gary Clark, who got the start at power forward, had 15-7 and seven with two blocks and four three-pointers. I don't know, man. I think Fournier will probably be back in the next one. You'll see a lot of those shots go back his way. Vooch took 27 shots in this ballgame. So you like to see the pace. It was overtime, too, so you got to throw that into the mix. And for Orlando, I don't think you branch out too far. Vooch, Terrence Ross... Faults with everybody out makes the cut, but I don't know that you you go the the uh, Augustine Gary Clark Ennis route unless you're really feeling confident and want to roll the dice. I don't I don't know that I do. It occurs to me as I'm going through this stuff that I I know it's 
feels a little bit like I'm rushing, but I also don't know that you guys really want me to to pour through these things with the you know two games left in the resumption. At this point, your job is just going to be find a way to use up your whole games cap. Joel Embiid left that game for the Sixers after five minutes. Uh, who knows how this game might have gone if he stayed healthy the whole way through. Portland ended up getting uh, a little bit of a free pass, and it still was a tough ball game. Dame had 51. Yeah, he's been nuts. I know, man. This this was the thought. You had to have him really, really, really high. And, yeah, we did. We had him real high. He's up there. Top five guy in the resumption. Actually, if you go by totals, what is he? He is number five. Somehow he's behind Thomas Bryant. Magical. And his teammate, Nurkic. First name, Yusuf. Anywho, uh, with everybody out for Philadelphia now, no Ben Simmons and then no Joel Embiid in this one because of the ankle, uh, that left a lot of shots on the table. Josh Richardson took 20 of them and had 34 points. He'll be good with everybody out. Horford's going to be good with everybody out, although he was in foul trouble in this ballgame. Tobias Harris will be pretty good with everybody out. And you might venture as far as Shake Milton, but I don't know that that's a guarantee. Houston beat Sacramento. Uh, no surprise there. Sacramento, once they got eliminated, you can you could see the the wind out. Austin Rivers had a weird 41.20 shot game off the bench for the Rockets with no Westbrook. It's always a little bit of a dice roll of who's going to be the guy to pick up the slack. Covington's been very good. James Harden has obviously been uh, extraordinary. Rocco, by the way, number 17 in the resumption, and that's in five games. A bunch of guys in front of him have played six. Rob Covington, and again, I think it's worth looking at the totals. Covington, by average, is number 14. We knew he was going to be good here. James Harden, awesome as usual. Are you picking up Austin Rivers? Uh, I don't think I'd. I mean, at this point, again, you just have to use up your games played. Kings are a team to watch because with everything done, with their season effectively cooked, do they do they turn to different names at this point? Rashawn Holmes out with a hip injury. We can tell he wasn't quite right, and this might be the answer. De'Aaron Fox still playing well. Uh, Daquan Jeffries played 30 minutes in this game. Is he a guy that's going to get a little playing time in their last couple games of the resumption? Do they actually let Buddy Heald play a little bit more? I mean, Corey Joseph and Harrison Barnes getting high 20s in minutes seems like something that probably doesn't need to happen from this point on, but keep an eye on it. That team could be a spot to turn if you're looking for weirdos popping up on the wire. Brooklyn beat the Clippers. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Clippers didn't have Paul George, Montrez Harrell, or Pat Beverly, but they had Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams, Marcus Morris. They had a, a number of their main guys, and Kawhi had 39 in this game. But they didn't defend anybody. Took Brooklyn for granted. And five guys for the Nets had big ball games. Joe Harris, 25. Levert, 27 and 13. Tyler Johnson had 21. Garrett Temple had 19 points on four three-pointers. Figured he would probably be decent enough in this thing. Uh, he's number 97, by the way. Well, I think we ended up really close on that one so far. Where the hell did we have Garrett Temple? Ah, 110. Off by a little bit. He's overperforming. He's overperforming, guys. Uh, but those guys will be decent for Brooklyn because they're just, you know, they're playing. But Joe Harris, by the way, fouled out of this game where he could have done more. Uh, Rodion's Curix played 31 minutes, but right now his fantasy game isn't really translating. For the Clippers, as long as uh, Montrezl Harrell's out, Zubats is cooking. Took him a minute 
Took him a minute to get going. Those first couple games were not good, but now he's number 69 in the resumption, and he's overperforming. We had him. We moved him up to 92 on the Montrez Herald news, and he's doing better than that. So uh, good on Zoo. Good on Zoo. Opportunity presented itself to play 24, 25 minutes, and now he's grabbing it. Lou Williams, um, you know, he might do enough with everybody else out. It's about as far as I go on that one. I don't. I generally don't like his fantasy game. He's just getting an opportunity here as the number two guy on a team. But if everybody was around, he'd be number four most likely. Although I guess you could put him as like a tie with Montrez Harrell. Most of those guys for the Clippers will be back. This was a back-to-back for them, so a few few bodies were resting. They played on Saturday and beat the Blazers without Kawhi in that ball game. But hey, another good one for Zoo uh, on that night. Uh, other games from Saturday worth noting: Utah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell hurt his leg. He's going to sit one out. Joe Ingles double doubled. He's been coming on. Mike Conley's played well during the resumption. Uh, figured Jordan Clarkson would do more with. Uh, opportunity presented to him, and he's been meh at best. But, that I mean, that's kind of his fantasy game. Royce O'Neal played 39 minutes in this one. He's been the biggest. He and Ingles have both had a pretty good jump with uh, no boy on Bogdanovich out. I think the rest of this stuff was uh, pretty much what you were getting anyway. On the Denver side, they did get one of their guys back. Jamal Murray returned in this double overtime game and uh, played 39 minutes, almost triple-doubled in his first game back. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 21. Was Paul Millsap playing in this game? He played. He just didn't play very much. Grant outplayed him, and Jeremy remains one of my targets for next year. Potential sleeper value. Michael Porter double-doubled as the starting small forward, and Jokic uh, almost triple-doubled in 41 minutes. Porter played 45. Grant played 46. Still no Will Barton. Still no Gary Harris. Will Barton's turning out to be one of the uh, one of my worst or the worst picks of the resumption I don't think anybody saw it coming that he'd be missing pretty much the entire damn thing. But just keep riding Michael Porter as long as those guys are out. And you could probably still play him even when they come back because I doubt they come back and play a full complement of minutes. So you're going to get a full Michael Porter run here. And we talked about him at great length late on last week's uh, episodes of of today in, or uh, Fantasy NBA Today. Sorry, I've done both of those shows in the past. Uh and just how this is basically going to over, overinflate his numbers for next year when Denver does have other wings back. They may, they may have no choice but to play him some time at power forward. Lakers lost to Indiana on Saturday. Uh, they're still trying to figure out the AD thing. He had eight points and 14 shots and another four turnovers. He's been scuffling. I think they'll figure it out, though. I, I, I feel pretty confident of that. TJ Warren was fantastic. He had 39 in this ballgame. Get out of here. <laughs> T.J. Warren, man. Number two in the resumption. Crazy. Malcolm Brogdon was solid. Victor Oladipo was solid. Miles Turner uh, had foul issues, such as life against the Lakers' bigs. And uh, Aaron Holiday, who saw extra playing time, went for 7-6-7, and seven, took only three shots in 35 minutes. It's hard to sustain fantasy value with that level of usage. I'm still not fully on board the Aaron Holiday train. Phoenix beat Miami. Um, Cam Johnson, as we mentioned, starting at this point, so deserves a spot in your lineup. Otherwise, Phoenix is predictable. No, you're not picking up Javon Carter. He got real hot. 20 points on 10 shots with six of those being three-pointers. Yeah, you get it. Miami had everybody out, so Tyler Harrow got a start and 16 shot attempts. He went big. 
Uh, Dragic, Jimmy Butler expected back tonight. Kendrick Nunn, we don't know what his status is, but either way, those two guys are all it's going to take to punch Tyler Harrow back off of the value train. Jay Crowder, he'll be fine. Adebayo, good. Duncan Robinson, good. Butler, good. Dragic, borderline. Although he's been playing well in the resumption. We'll see how healthy he looks coming back. And then Luka going nuts in an overtime win over Milwaukee. 36, 14, and 19. And then everybody for the Mavs is sitting out this next ball game. Now we've got the word on that. No Luka, no Dorian Finney-Smith, no Kristaps Porzingis. So they're mailing in this one. But, of course, that means that if you have an opportunity, this is a scoop and go. Dallas-Utah game is at noon Pacific time. Someone on Dallas is going to have to do something. Seth Curry, I believe, is listed as probable. He'll be a good start. Tim Hardaway Jr. will be a good start. This should be an opportunity for DeLon Wright to kick it into high gear. So if he's floating around on your wire, Maxi Kleba, he should play well. I know it's going to be a pretty ugly game because Utah doesn't exactly play pretty basketball. But, geez, I'll tell you. Uh, by the way, this also explains how Utah is still a six-and-a-half-point favorite without, without Donovan Mitchell. Um, there's a lot going on with that Dallas roster for this ball game that we should be able to peel off a couple of spot starts. Got to use up all your games played. You got to do it. It's an opportunity. Anything happened on Friday worth mentioning? Uh, I think we've covered most of these teams over the weekend. Yeah, I think they all played over the weekend. Yep, we good. We good. Almost had to trim all the way back there. Uh, Speaking of trim, check out Manscaped.com. Yeah, that one fell into my lap. I'm okay with that. Uh, Manscaped.com, you get the lawnmower 3.0. We want to keep pushing those bad boys on you. They spent 18 months refurbishing the lawnmower 2.0, upgrading, adding lights, waterproof uh, technology. You can use it in the shower. It's pretty sweet. Use coupon code HOOPBALL20 if you haven't gotten one yet. Do it now. Although, at this point, uh, we have multiple things we want you guys doing. Go get that MyBookie account. Start doubling, tripling your money. Do what you got to do with our guys over on the HoopBall Gaming side. With Manscaped, you don't need to follow HoopBall Gaming. You can just handle all of that yourself. You can do all that by yourself. HoopBall20 is the code at Manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping on your order. Just have to make sure they know that HoopBall sent you. And that is where we put a pin in things for today. I'm going to go check the wire for Dallas Mavericks and Oklahoma City Thunder when we get off the air and see if I can jam a few into my lineup. I am Dan Vesperus. Thanks for listening, everybody. Back with you tomorrow. We'll break down some more games. Start thinking about the playoffs. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.